Are we live? Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Ma'am. I'm your host, the Outlaw LA Red. You can find me on Twitter at JustinHarvey75. You can find the entire show on Twitter at MMMShow75. I am joined today by some fucking white guy and Casey the Lucha Gringo. Wait, you're not on. Let me let me make you on. Okay. Um, and also what's on? Burn fever. This show will be an hour long because the timekeeper says so. Is the timekeeper something like the crypt keeper? Man, you got me all messed up watching all that <laughs> wing this week. Oh god, the crypt keeper. Kip the creeper? Oh, he's so great. Oh. What a strange, strange, strange wrestling promotion that was. But I loved all of the uh, Bill DeMott stuff and there was some other great stuff in there too. That's I like how they built them up. Actually, how really good important Bill DeMott's match was and showed 30 seconds of it, but we got to see like 10 minutes of the Crib Keeper. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the entire walk up, they're pushing a casket to the ring. We need all of that. Mm-hmm. As some of you may have noticed, uh, I'm, I don't have the normal uh, gold uh, LeMay curtains or whatever behind me. I am in Kansas City, Missouri. Well, congrats right now. on getting out of uh, Gold Dust Fuck Dungeon. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's uh, and it's been a little tricky for us to kind of get together. We're in three different time zones now. Byron's on the East Coast in Florida. I'm now in the Midwest in the Central Time Zone, and Casey's living Woodside. Um, so it has been next to near impossible for us to actually do this thing. But um, we're not going to hesitate because we only got an hour. Casey's put us on the clock again, as usual, yeah. because he's he's done with this whole thing. We only have an hour that we could find in an entire two-week period where we could all get together. So let's do this shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. What you guys think about the thing? What? And the stuff. The what did you think the about stuff? the stuff that Look, happened? Listen, Byron. I agree. I was going to say this Pop-Tart to eat and talk over you, or like chew over you later, but you're just making me hungry because you're already, you've already gone there. That looks like you're eating a piece of ceiling tile. <laughs> it tastes like it, too. This is the worst Pop-Tart ever. Uh, you don't buy Pop Tarts at the Dollar Tree, Justin. Those aren't real Pop Tarts. I'm just telling you. you, know you I, get the, the I was actually a Dollar General. Mm, mm. You got to get the brown sugar Pop Tarts, Justin. You know that. No, those aren't Pop Tarts, bro. They're fucking best. toastums. Is what They're they the are. best ones. All right, look. You know we hate to do it, but we're gonna do it. We're gonna start the show off on a slightly right. somber note. Um, rest in peace to Grand Apache, um, a man's main stay in lucha libre wrestling um and another sad loss for for the industry as a whole recently to the whole wrestling industry what do you guys think fuck man we've been we've been gone so long we have two fucking deaths to talk about because braza de oro died too um weirdly they were both married to the same lady uh lady apache was married to both these guys um grand apache first that's why she's lady apache because he trained her how to wrestle and then she got a divorce. She married uh, Brazo de Oro. And then she got another divorce. And now she's married to Electros Shock, which I guess makes her like a total cougar now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of weird because she came to AAA and she would wrestle and team with uh, with like Fabi Apache and Mari Apache. And she would um, she was like their ex stepmom at that point, which is just totally weird. Because she's not their mom. Like, that's a second wife for Grand Apache. Um, yeah, but, but once an Apache, always an Apache, right? Fucking right. And uh, Grand Apache's the man. Like, um, a lot of people now might only be familiar with him as, like, pretty low on the card and doing, like, multi-man matches. And- yeah, I have to say, I'm, I'm probably a little more familiar with his later work and, and really being, you know, just kind of a part of the whole thing. Like, I don't know if I ever really saw Grand Apache in his heyday. Uh, he was, like, it, the weird thing is, like, my favorite stuff of his was probably past his heyday, too, but it was fucking dope, okay? Um, first thing I want to get out there before I talk about this stuff, because it's important to the storyline that I'm going to talk about that was so awesome, is that uh, Granny Patchy, he's like the trainer, the developmental guy for AAA. So yeah. if you came in from somewhere else, chances are you were getting trained by him. So he has hands in training like... And who trained him? Like He, he was trained by Blue Demon and, and a bunch of other 
big she had like really player. fucking old school wrestlers right and he he's got hands in training you know pentagon and phoenix um yeah. arhenis when he came in i mean like these are people that were already trained but he kind of did that extra step um but he was instrumental in like aerostar since the beginning uh he considers his main teacher abismo negro but you know gran apache had a had a hand in it too and um that even played into some storyline later on and um a lot of the really good high flying guys that are no longer there unfortunately were trained by gran apache um cubs man has a list he actually lucha blog right now just put up a really good tribute to gran apache talking about him um and yeah, we i said had a chance to read it before we started but um yeah, yeah he put it up like right as we were starting to record so i didn't really get a chance to look at it other than um seeing that the last time gran apache was on tv was december of last year so um maybe he had something up but um because i don't know how he died yet um because i literally just found out like an hour before we started doing this podcast yeah so, same here yeah i don't know if it's out yet Dude, he was the reason I watched AAA for a while, though, because there was this angle they did that was so fucking sweet, okay? So, you know, you know Gran Apache, and you know his daughters, Fabi Apache and Mari Apache. It was just Fabi at the time. Like, she was the only one there. And uh, he basically had this thing where she started dating Billy Boy, who at the time, he was one of the Barrio Boys, which is kind of like a gimmick made to appeal to women. So there was this whole storyline where Gran Apache hated him, right? Because he wasn't tough enough. He wasn't enough of a man. He was a fucking barrio boy. He, I think he was a spice boy before that. Which says <laughs> it all. But so was Drago. So I'm not talking. Yeah. Shit. Um, but uh, was a man. Drago was a barrio boy with him. Uh, but uh, maybe not. Maybe I just uh, case faved a little bit <laughs> by accident. But um, K okay, is dead. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, so basically, he's trying to fight for the acceptance of, and you know, they're a real couple in real life. And uh, Billy Boy got Fabby pregnant in the middle of the angle, and she had a baby. So there was this whole other thing going on that was fucking awesome because they had to write that into the story. And then you're like, this just got great because um, first, uh, he forbid. Billy boy from seeing his daughter and convinced her to agree to it. So Billy boy disappeared. Right. And then this new trainee alpha came in and a gimmick kind of like Aerostar, like one of the high flying dudes. And he won over Gran Apache and loved him. And he started teaming with Fabi Apache and she fell in love with him. And then he pulled off his mask and it was Billy boy. And then everyone's like, Oh shit. And like, that was awesome. Right? Well, when people found out about the baby and that became public, they started chanting Abuelo at Gran Apache during his matches, which means grandpa. And he'd get all fucking pissed. Like, I'm not a fucking grandpa. And uh, he, he eventually decided that the best course of action was to save the baby from Billy Boy's influence. So what he did is he went to the baby's birthday party and he started throwing a bunch of toys to distract Gran Apache and Billy Boy. And then he stole the fucking baby. And uh, there, there's like twists and turns to this storyline where Fabi sides with her dad because he's got the baby. And uh, Billy Boy and Gran Apache wrestle in a Puestas match. Billy Boy got his head shaved. Uh, there's blood everywhere. But eventually he had another match that he won. And then Fabi Apache loved him. And there's this great picture of Fabi Apache and Billy Boy just covered in fucking blood. And Fabby's holding the baby and Billy Boy kissed the baby. So the baby's covered in blood and shit. <laughs> and it's fucking great. And uh, sounds like exactly the kind of feud that Casey loves the blow off for when the baby is covered in blood. Yeah, kind, kind of amazing. Not not something you would see in the States for sure, because people would freak out. But it was, oh, really, I, I got two words for you. Katie Vick. I think I think there's still room for for disgusting things even in American wrestling. I heard that whole thing. There wasn't any blood in Katie Vick's idea. Actually, the Katie Vick angle. No, I'm just kidding. DJ's idea. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I was gonna I was gonna blame him for that when he was on the podcast, and I forgot, so I'm doing it now. Uh, but yeah, it eventually just kind of petered out. But I think DJ is responsible, however, for Kelly Kelly stopping doing the striptease get gimmick. I think that. Yeah, I think we have a bone to pick with him on that one. Oh, but that's okay. We we can move on. Oh, what, what, that is funny. 
No wonder so, Sandman hit him so hard with that cane. Jesus. But um, no. Okay. So the angle eventually kind of petered out because it ended up being like Billy Boy with a partner versus Fabian, a partner. It was Aerostar for a while. Billy Boy was kind of settled with Sexy Star. And um, yeah. So he had a team with Sexy Star, poor guy. And Sounds uh, like a pretty sweet gimmick, though. Yeah. And uh, see, the thing is, though, they eventually broke up in real life, and uh, that kind of killed the angle, and Billy left the promotion. Uh, well, look, and this is in AAA, right? Let's let's not say that any angles really ever get blown off the right way in AAA. As much as I love the, the middle part of some AAA angles, they don't. They tend to fizzle more than actually get a good blow off, <laughs> even with an apprentice match. They, the angles like yeah. don't end, and then they keep going, and then they just fizzle eventually. See, that's what sucks. Like they had the perfect ending, and they kept going after that, <clears throat> and people were like on this thing. The after that storyline, Grand Apache made Billy Boy look really fucking good. And everyone's like, push Billy Boy, push Billy Boy. And that's when Conan came in. He's like, I'm not going to fucking push Billy Boy. Come on. <laughs> and uh, he wasn't a fan of the angle. He doesn't, Conan doesn't really like Fabi Apache from what I've heard him say about her various times. About, yeah, I, don't think, I think he's been pretty public about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. It boils down he typically to typically is in general. He doesn't really mince words too much. Like he gets uh, heat with somebody and then he'll make up with them a lot of times, but he gets heat and he usually puts it out there pretty quickly. Yeah. And I mean, the what boils, what it boils down to, to with the Apache sisters is if they don't like you, they'll stiff the shit out of you and they don't like anyone. Right. That's pretty yeah. much it. But it's uh, also part of why they're on the low mid card all the time still. Uh, yeah. It sucks. Cause they're both dope wrestlers, but, um, it, Mari, especially man, if she doesn't like you, she'll just like fucking send Tanya off the top rope and crush the shit out of you. But, um, yeah, we also got to talk about Brazo de Oro, uh, another legend. Uh, he's he's one that also left a legacy. I mean, like he's part of a really big family. Uh, they he, most of them wrestled as Brazos. He's um, Shadido Cruz's son, and he, uh, you know, he teamed with Brazo de Plata, which is super porky, and uh, El Brazo, uh, who also passed recently. Um, and it's kind of weird because super porky, super fat, big health problems outlive both of his brothers, which is crazy. But um, last we saw Velbrazo, he was in AAA working an Exotico gimmick as La Braza. Uh, but Brazo de Oro was working in the office of CMLL. He was a booker there. He was a head of the wrestlers union. And uh, his son, La Mascara, uh, CMLL guy, uh, you you would probably know him now as the guy whose name literally means the mask, but he lost the mask, so it makes no sense. Uh, his face doesn't look like Rocky Dennis either, unfortunately, because he's <laughs> that angle. Oh, oh. <laughs> but, oh, Eric Stoltz is rolling over in his grave. Wait, is uh, Eric Stoltz alive? I don't know. He was he, he was dope in Pulp Fiction. Uh, that, that was only like thirty years ago. Uh, no, but. Uh, Huge legend in trios matches. Uh, they were called like uh, the Musketeers of the Devil or something, or Satan's Musketeers or something like that. They didn't just call them like Los Brazos. They were like the Musketeers from Hell or some shit like that. And sometimes they'd wear like a Three Musketeers outfit. Uh, and uh, they feuded with the Vianos and they had a big blow off match and everything about it was fucked up. Um, basically, they. <laughs> They never uh, see. They decided to not put it in a big arena because this promoter from like the other side of the country offered them money, and so they wrestled in an arena that didn't have TV and didn't see the build get made for this match. So the crowd was like way down from what it should be. Uh, the Vianos won. Brazos all unmasked, and um, apparently never got paid for it. That's what Brazo de Oro claims, and judging from the size of the crowd that wasn't there, uh, that probably makes sense. Um, but he became a pretty powerful dude in the wrestling business after that, uh, so he did well for himself. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of family in the business. Super Porky's got a lot of kids, you know, like um, Psycho yeah. Clown, Goya Kong, uh, and, you know, you got La Mascara. And it's just like, and you know, there's cousins and stuff like that that wrestle too. 
Well, the and legacy lives on for both of these guys. Yeah, and he's, you know, shit, man. Psycho Clown, pretty fucking big deal, you know? Uh, La Mascara was for a while when he was booking, and not so much now. So everyone's like, yeah, okay, so that's his kid. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, true legend, Gran Apache, always one of my favorites so goodbye to both of those guys they're hopefully in a better place now where they don't have to bump and uh i also want to tell people it's a horrible game but it's worth playing just to see gran apache in triple a heroes del ring for uh the 360 and ps3 because his finisher is kicking you in the dick because <laughs> hey he he liked to foul people. He was he was an expert at dick kicks. So Byron, you would appreciate that. Uh, it yeah, nice. looks like Byron's pretty happy. Um, all right. Well, before we leave Mexico, uh, quick thoughts on Kevin Cross. Kevin Cross is is yeah. pretty much hated and despised down there to the point where he can't even chase Tejano into the crowd without the crowd like physically stopping him. They fucking hate Cross down there. It's amazing. It's perfect, and I think he loves it. That psychopathic think, son of a bitch. I think what happened was the wall was going to be too expensive to, to build. So we just sent Kevin Cross down there to beat up all the Mexicans so they can't come up anymore. That's horrifying for you to say that you're that racist wearing that shirt. But um, no, <laughs> dude, um, they may hate you in Mexico, Kevin. But at least two yeah. of the hosts on the show love you. Uh, and one of, one of us uh, fears for his life from you. Uh, actually, we all do, but you know, we love you so much. We hope that you would never kill me or Justin. Byron, you can kill all you want. I'm um, friends with Kevin. Yeah, I'm yeah. so I'm happy. To to he, Kevin explicitly said that he was not going to do things that would harm me. Have you seen American Psycho? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure yeah. those women think that that they were being loved upon because the Huey Lewis was on softly in the background, and they thought that they were going to get away. No, I think that's I think that's what he's doing to you, Byron. I think that he's just slowly lulling you in with the the better parts of of Huey Lewis records, and then slowly going to kill you and wrap you up in a towel. So no, when, he, saying he, when he gets Byron too. the Saito suplex, I want doing it all for my baby playing in the background, <laughs> um, because that video was dope. It had like Frankenstein and shit in it. Of course, that's why Casey likes it. Um, yeah, it wasn't the song. Well, it, also down south of the border, um, the crash was interesting. Uh, Why in the hell? What the hell is going on with Jack? Is Jack dead? Is that a shoot? Is that a work? What the fuck's going on? Jack Evans was like convulsing yeah. in the ring after, uh, was it Bicia did the, the, the shoulder pile driver thing on him? It's like a muscle buster neck breaker, and he's been doing it for decades. It's an old move. Dude, he's not that old. It's not. He hasn't been wrestling for decades. His dad. But the move itself is the move itself has been around. That was like one of the first moves, yeah. in like the old Fire Pro games and stuff. He actually got it from his dad. But um, dude, uh, yeah, it was an angle apparently, and that fucking what? Pisses me off, dude, it pisses me off. Why does it piss uh, you off? I mean, it's not the first stretcher angle in in history. That's for sure. Yeah, but okay. Remember, like, okay, let's let's. Let's say how the crash is WCW right now. How about okay. That? Okay, so WCW, the first show they did in the Kemper Arena, the are I, which I think it's the Kemper Arena, shit, Kansas City, the arena that Owen Hart died in, okay? They did an angle where Canyon fell from a hard place and did a brutal stretcher job because he got powerbombed off the top of the triple cage. Right. And everyone's like, that's fucked up. They shouldn't have done that here. Well, it's this not like a wire stunt. It would have been worse to have Sting come in on the fucking rappel yeah. wire. That would have been worse. <laughs> that See, but this is kind of the equivalent of that. Like, why are you running How an is this the like, equivalent? Okay. First of all, after Shibata, like, this is kind of shitty. But after Pero, who died in a crash ring, that's really fucking shitty. Probably in front of a lot of the same fans. But, I mean... That's not saying you can't do an injury angle. It's just making people think it was like a shoot injury angle is fucked up. But maybe it's maybe they weren't trying to make people think it was a shoot because they came out pretty quickly and said, this is a work. Don't worry. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. like, you know, Conan loves his stretcher jobs. I mean, he, he is always like those angles. If this is a way to give, you know, Bestia a killer finish, 
it just sucks that I don't know. It's a little weird that it's the move. It's almost the move that took Tyson Kidd out, and Jack Evans is kind of like, kind of marketed as a Stu Hart student because he trained with Teddy Hart when they were teammates. And uh, yeah, it's a little, you know. Well, but I just I think know. it would be funny too. I mean, you know, Jack lives by the flippy shit, dies by the flippy shit, and has no problem hurting himself. So yeah. it would be unfortunate if somebody else got a chance to hurt him before he got a chance to hurt himself. Dude, I honestly, can Jack Evans really be hurt at this point? I know he's been hurt in the past, but that fucking uh, superplex he took to the outside of the ring right in front of us where no one yeah. caught him? Amazing. I, I don't know why he wasn't dead. I thought he was. Like I wanted to run over and push people out of the way and just try to save his life. Jack doesn't need to take those bumps, so... Jack well, likes to take those bumps. Jack though, does man. what Jack fucking wants to do. He's the man. And I'm glad. <laughs> you know what? This isn't an anger thing from me. I'm glad he's not really hurt. So that's that's the bottom line of this. I'm glad he's not really hurt because I fucking love Jack Evans. I'm glad he's not really hurt. And and look, it may have, in fact, been slightly in poor taste. I can't discount your point about that. Um but I mean, lots of things in wrestling arts. Like you can't, you, yeah. you can't end stretcher jobs just because people have actually gotten hurt. It's part right. of like when I saw that footage at first and I thought it was a shoot, it got me. And I guess you know, and that's the point. All of a sudden, I'm caring about a match that probably I wouldn't have cared about or heard about otherwise. Yeah, so, it's like I don't know if that was their intention to make people think it was legit. You know, it might have just been yeah. as a strand was, people to get um, Bestia's finish over. Well, Zach selling the seizure like, helped. It yeah, was like one, one like vague posting on the morning uh, after was made or someone. Yeah, someone made a post and then it went on Reddit and everyone's like, I've never seen the move before. You shouldn't do it. And then someone had the video of Jack being stretchered and the video of the finish. But um, no one actually said that he was hurt for real. They just were going off of. um off that video i don't know i could see i could see that it wasn't meant to be a thing on purpose but i could also see that crash the only thing they can do right now without tv or streaming is is be the water you know topic of water cooler conversation on monday or on sunday you know the day after and that's what they've been doing you know you have la rebellion you have all the stuff that's happening sexy stars showed up but this show you know it could have come and gone no one would have known except for Jack having seizures in the ring, which people would immediately jump on. They would go, oh, yeah, I could see Jack getting hurt for real. I'm going to check this out. Um, and I don't, I don't like that. I don't like them trying to get attention. Um, Look, for- we, should, we should pay Jack Evans, as Urban says. And to answer yeah. the question from the chat room, um, my views on rim jobs are that Blumpkins are better. Um, who the fuck is in the <laughs> chat right now? I didn't even... Casey, are you the, uh, Casey? Are you asking questions? The like, chat is a like, very strange place sometimes, man. All right, Casey, what's the timer at? Uh, we're at like thirty-seven minutes left, you know, or in. What are you talking now? Thirty-seven left. Um, okay, so number of dicks Byron sucked. Let's go. Well, let's let's talk about because we never really yeah. commented on all this incest between AAA and TNA and the crash yeah. and Lucha Underground. Um, is incest best? Like. Where do you guys stand on this whole thing? Because I have an opinion, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, if these guys are doing this, then this is never going to work out. But what do you guys think? Uh, first, I want to say what up, Andre Nichols and Urban and Austin Finley. I don't know who you are, but you spell your name wrong. It's <laughs> his name. Um, why you, why you wrong? Shout out. Why are you bringing those guys up when we're talking about incest, Casey? Uh, do I know don't know. Something? I don't know. My mind already. My mind automatically goes to the south. I'm sorry. Uh, no. Uh, I. You know what? This used to happen a lot in Japan, and it was fucking dope. It didn't have a person notorious for ruining shit being the one connecting all this stuff. So there you go. Yeah. Well, uh, but look. Go yeah. ahead, Byron. Go ahead. Well, I just. I. Th- I think. Uh, I think it's probably more of a live event thing. I think people are just trying to make deals. Jeff Jarrett is is notorious for trying to make deals um maybe he's trying to sell uh global force wrestling whatever gold to everyone but uh, i don't know how i don't know how you see impact guys on lucha underground well the taping schedule i just don't see how that works out well, i don't, I don't think how. it's going to i mean i think that those two entities are going oh, to we remain, lost byron huh? remains or did we lose me 
I think we've lost you for a second, but I think that that TNA and Lucha Underground are the two linchpin pieces on the far corners. And then in between, you'll see Lucha Underground people spread from AAA into the crash. And you'll see TNA people spread from the crash into AAA. But yeah. you won't see TNA guys showing up on Lucha Underground and you won't see Lucha Underground guys showing up on TNA. They, con- they contractually can't do it. Yeah, the TV show. And also, Byron, I want to say what taping schedule. They still got like half a season to air in a few weeks. Well, I'm just saying logistically how it works is if it were two live shows, they could work out legalities to make it work. But if one show's taped in advance, it just doesn't work. You're like trying to do Raw and Total Divas, and the storylines get all messed up, and both shows are horrible. But Look, Dorian, I think it's a live show thing. I think you could do it. It's it's as as far as it'll affect the underground, it'll give them another avenue to be to do big live shows. That's very important for them if they get to that point. But I don't know that I I don't know that the big live shows will ever be under the Lucha Underground banner at this point. They might just be AAA shows where some of the guys get to work. I mean, you see what's going on with Cross right now, and they're bringing other guys down. And Vampiro and DJ was down there. I, it, it sounded like he was helping out with booking a little bit or something. I don't know that that's for sure. but And Dorian needs it right now down there. It's like they lost some of their main top mid-card guys, which is a shame that those guys were only top mid-card guys. But yeah, um, they did. You know, if you look at just AAA as, a, as an individual entity and without the other relationships, what they need for their product is they do need to bring down some up-and-coming stars from the States like Cross. They do need to, you know, re-up on the guys that are there and and push some of the guys that are there. Um, you know, and Wagner is somehow this late in his career having a phenomenal run, in my opinion. I don't care what anybody says. I will still watch that fucking guy. I'll watch Triple A just for Wagner at this point if I have to. Um, you know, they need it. They need that kind of stuff. And it sounds like Vampiro's trying to help out a little bit. I don't know exactly how all of that ties back to Lucha Underground. And at this point, from judging from what Eric Van Wagen and other people have said, we just kind of have to look at Lucha Underground like it's a separate entity from all of this mm-hmm. stuff that does have ties to AAA. They do have a pipeline there that they get some of their characters from, but they're keeping the IPs on the characters that they already have. They're licensing them out to, to the wrestlers now. That's official. Like yeah. when you see... Um, Mil Muertes, which I'm especially happy for him, he can be Mil Muertes now at events. I don't know if, if he's paying whatever he's supposed to be paying for all of those events, but he's out yeah. there. He's Mil Muertes now. Now, do, are you ever going to see Pentagon or some of those other guys using their Lucha gimmicks? No, I don't think so. I don't think that that's going to happen. But We'll see. With Pentagon, he's Pentagon Dark in Lucha Underground. He has the one costume. This, I think this is a big deal. He has the one mask and he looks badass, but he can yeah. only sell the Pentagon dark mask. Yeah. And you know, yeah. one thing Pentagon's really good at is selling masks to Marks. Show us Byron. <laughs> so I got, You've I been got had. Pros, Phoenix, oh, Ray Phoenix mask. And then I also got. Why the fuck isn't the Pentagon one on camera? Fucking Jabron. I have Jabron. And then I have his brother. Co PWG tag champ. So I got the Lucha Brothers with their PWG tag champion masks signed, which you can clearly read. They spelled my name right. And oh, you're not Bayron anymore. You graduated from Bayron. Bayron. Oh, I'm not Bayron anymore. The world is over. I quit. This show's done. Fuck MMM show. Fuck Lucha Bros. Fuck everyone. I'll, you I'll can't always- not be Bayron. I'll always be Bayron in your hearts. I want yeah, to invite everyone to me and Justin's new wing podcast. Uh, <laughs> I want. I want to do it. I just want to. I just want to watch old ass like VHS promos. I don't know if I can can yeah. say some of the words that are said in some of those promos though. There might be some backlash. <laughs> no, no. Um, we we have we have listeners in all of the countries offended by these promos. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. So. Also, um, the, the other Lucha topic I wanted to hit very quickly is I feel like the Netflix thing is working because I have friends now that would have never watched it before that have watched Lucha Underground. Do is you guys think random people liking the Mass Mats and Mayhem page on Facebook? 
It, it might be like, look, we haven't even been on in two or three weeks and we're still getting traction and I'm still getting blown up in my DMs yeah. and I'm getting new people asking me questions about Lucha Underground. Um, I feel like the Netflix thing is working. What do you guys think? Is it working? I I, I, think- I, I hope so. Like, I, I know more people watch now that uh, couldn't. And I was like legit hooking people up with a password of mine to watch El Rey Network through nefarious means. Uh, not, well, now I, you don't have to do that. So. Yeah, now they can watch it on Netflix and I don't have 10 people watching on my Time Warner password, so it's good. Yeah, I think it's. I think the timing works out really well as long as Lucha Underground comes back, you know, pretty soon. They're coming back May 31st. May 31st, man, um, and... and- I know that the second half of the season is strong, probably stronger than the first half. Like the first half had some very high moments, yeah. but they don't come close to the high moments that I know are coming in the second half. I'm trying to forget yeah. it all. So I f- enjoy that. Oh episode. my God. It's been over a year. It's pretty easy to forget. I just know. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, all I remember is those high points at this point, a lot of it's going to be brand new. And from what I hear about the uh, vignettes, there's a lot of stuff that even us being very in the know have no clue what's coming. Like there's you know, some twists honestly, and turns for all of us. The only wrestling thing I remember right now is uh Crypt Keeper's laugh. <laughs> 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 so weird. So freaking weird. Quinones and all, uh, like just the strangest show ever. Like find that link that Casey posted. If yeah. you want to see some strange wrestling, that's actually pretty good. Uh, yeah, um, you know, I'll start tweeting that shit more because um, no one holy shit, I found a gold mine. There's a lot on YouTube. Like people are just putting up full on commercial tapes, which is even better because then they have to edit all all the music and put in like these Japanese production tracks that are for like <laughs> basketball or something. Like they're, they're so, so bad. bad. <laughs> yeah, but which is funny because they all s- sound legit like Masawa's theme song because his theme song was kind of terrible. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. And, you know, you get, I, I just love the Crypt Keeper. He's so great. Like WWF missed the boat, not bringing him in as the Crypt Keeper instead of like one of Los Boricos for sure. And, um, Hey Casey, like what about Freddy Krueger? He had a strong presence on that show. Freddy Krueger was fucking great. That was, that was Doug Gilbert, man. Uh, you know, brother of Eddie Gilbert, Gilbert, and Eddie Gilbert was there playing Michael Myers for a bit, and so uh, weird. and they just wrestle him like it's totally normal, and like Freddie's, yeah. you know, yeah. clawing claws, Dude. and Jason is on the outside of the ring, and I just, not only this, right? The Gilbert brothers got pissed and shoot unmasked on one of the shows, and said, "We're not these guys. We're fucking." Freddie, we're not fucking Freddie and Michael Myers. We're Eddie Gilbert and Doug Gilbert. And so they got fired, but then the promotion brought them back and they still played the monsters. <laughs> Tremendous. And they did a match that there was a mysterious other Jason, the terrible that attacked Jason. So there were two Jasons fighting, which is fucking amazing. And the second one was Tracy Smothers, right? So the commentary is in Japanese, but all I can hear is um tracy swearing no the fucking commentators are calling him tracy smothers the whole time and mentioning smoky mountain and shit i'm like what the fuck Uh, and he's cool because um the other jason is like nice and he's like friendly with the japanese people and everyone loves him this jason was an asshole so he's just like fucking swearing at the fans and flipping them off the whole time i think he might hit a dude like, I know I've definitely seen Leatherface hit a fan during a match. He actually well, went to prison for that once. Freddy was running around with a chair. And um, what else did he have? He was running after fans. He was trying to get after them. Well, Leatherface's whole entrance is him running through the audience with a chainsaw. <laughs> and uh, it's a real chainsaw. Like, the you know, the chain's not on it, but the blade yeah. still cuts. And, right. uh, yeah. yeah well, maybe those things don't cut. I've seen them at haunted houses. Like the whole chainsaw works and it's gas powered mm-hmm. and it'll vibrate and stuff, but the chain doesn't. So it's just the part you can touch people with it. They freak out. No, nah, but either way, somebody tries to touch me with a chainsaw. I'm going to touch them to their face. 
<laughs> All right. Okay, so right. we know not to take Justin to any haunted houses. No, dude, I'm terrible. I beat people up in haunted houses. Like, I'm not the guy to scare. I'm just not that guy. I, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say if I've all the doing that like, before, but haunted house employees don't like me. That's all I'll say. Um, all right, we got to talk about this fight last night. Yeah, not a UFC guys. fight, not a wrestling match. We got to talk about Canelo Alvarez, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Um, 25, 25. In a very highly uh, promoted and highly touted televised yeah. Cinco de Mayo extravaganza of two Mexican warriors coming together for this ultimate sparring match. I, I watched it. I don't watch any of this stuff. Because you're rooting for your fucking fellow ginger cinnamon? I was uh, like, Sam Zane's getting a push. Canelo, Canelo cinnamons. Dude, should we start calling Byron cinnamon? I think we should start calling Byron cinnamon. He is. You do look a little Canelo-ish. Yeah. Cinnamon um, Turk. Uh. This was a turd of a fight. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know if I really had high expectations. I, I mean, I knew Canelo was, was going to win. Um, there was some talk that, you know, maybe the size advantage for Chavez would, um, you know, give, give Canelo some issues. But considering that Chavez, I, I think, maybe jabbed three times in the whole fight, what is a size advantage going to do for you? What's a reach advantage going to do for you? All it did for him was make him lean his face further into Canelo's jab. Then when he even got him on the ropes, Canelo just pieced him up with counter-striking. Like, it was humiliating. It was a terrible display. Literally, if you didn't see this fight, Canelo won 12 rounds. He won all 12 rounds on every judge's scorecard. Harold Letterman's scorecard was completely accurate, and his his scorecard's never right. At least, ne <laughs> never agrees with mine. And I, you know, I had it twelve rounds for Canelo. I mean, it was just a no brainer. So so bizarre. Um, yeah. So for anyone who thought that that Chavez Jr. was the second coming of his father, please give up now. I know the Mexican fans love Julio Cesar Chavez, but. His son is not him. He's a spoiled rich kid who just made another couple million dollars off this fight. He's never going to be that guy. He's never going to show that true Mexican fighting spirit and heart that people want. He's not a bad boxer. Don't get me wrong. He's very well trained. He does know what he's doing, but he doesn't have that heart like these other guys do. He didn't try. Canelo actually like backed up to the ropes like i'm not a big you know uh, fight fan i don't know a lot of stuff about it but i saw canelo back up to the ropes and like invite chavez to come in and actually start punching him and chavez looked scared to punch him and when yeah. he was punching he'd walk in and just kind of like tap him on the nose like i'm doing something and he just wouldn't fight and then canelo even said at the end of the fight i tried to get him to i tried to like back up so he could actually fight me so that way we could have a fight and put on a show you know he was respecting the fans who paid money to watch the fight yeah like, well he kind of was but then canelo also said that i told my corner not to even bring the stool in because i don't sit down during sparring so why should i sit down during this fight <laughs> come on i mean it's like you're, you're trying to tell me that this fight was supposed to be something but canelo knew the whole time like he was putting on a show and to Oscar De La Hoya's credit, they had Triple G right there. They had a video <laughs> pack video package ready to go. You know, Byron, you can hit the mute button if you have to cough. Um, they had this video package ready to go. Triple G comes into the crowd. Like, Triple G had a ring entrance. He was sitting in the front row. They took him to the back so they could hit his music and he could walk out with his team. Like, That's that was the whole fucking show. You just paid on a yeah. pay-per-view to set up the next fight. That's what you, you know, paid triple, for. People. Triple G is just one letter away from Triple H. All right. Just remember well, it, they totally knew that there wasn't going to be a fight. The whole thing. It's it just reeked. I mean, I, no, I believe there was some wishful thinking that maybe um, that, that just the fighting spirit alone of Chavez, like he would get in there and maybe try to brawl a little bit. I don't think anyone thought that he would win, but I think everyone hoped that he would have some exchanges and mix it up a little bit. He didn't. He's a punk bitch. We have to move on from him. But yeah. the fight that everyone really deserves, like if you're not a boxing fan, you're glad you missed this past fight. But in September, watch Triple G versus Canelo. That will be a good fight. I honestly don't even know if I could tell you who would win. I think it's about 51% in Triple G's favor, but Canelo is 
very, very good. And I think he showed it last night. And if he can find a way to be a little more Floyd Mayweather-ish in that fight and a little more elusive, um, Canelo has a good chance of winning. That is a real boxing fight. That is a real super fight um, where both guys will will show you something. And if they don't, boxing is dead forever. You know, kind of Floyd aside and whatnot. Go ahead, Case. I got to point out in the chat that um, UK uh, bare knuckle boxing champion Mifloaf says that Triple G is going to get killed. Uh, I mean, I kind of want to take Canelo too, to tell you the truth. But Triple G has a very good chance. I mean, he is a very, very good fighter. Um, I'm not disputing that he is a little bit overrated. I mean, Mief, I know Meef really thinks he's overrated, mm-hmm. but um, I, I don't know. I think him and Canelo are going to be a good match. I think, you know, styles make fights, and I think it's a good matchup. And Australian Bare Knuckles champion Andre Nichols also says he's also got cinnamon. And he right, says I, that Byron's name should be Cinnamon Toast Turk. Well, um, I don't Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Turk. I love it. All right, Cinnamon Toast Turk. I'm getting hungry. You'll you'll like this one. You'll like this one. I'm going to talk WWE, but not for very long because I have have a huge bone to pick. Past booking, past all the other stuff. Byron, I think you're going to appreciate this when I say this. Going back to the House of Horrors, Uh, you do not put a cameraman between the talent and a key light. When you do this, (laughs) All you see is the outline of the goddamn cameraman. You're already asking, you're already stretching me to the the brink of any level of suspension of disbelief that is musterable by any human being for this crap. I love Bray Wyatt. I think he's a great talent. What the fuck was this entire thing? That was the the biggest giant pile of shite for Meathloaf out there that I could have possibly imagined. And then they don't even get the production right. And it's pre-taped. Uh, How do well, you show me cameraman shadows through the whole goddamn thing when it's pre-taped? Did you ever, did you ever see in WCW, the King of the road match between Dustin Rhodes and the blacktop bully? That did he was get fired for that? I, I paid to see that. They did get fired for that. I, I paid to see that show. And you know what? It was pre-taped, and that shit went from day to night three times during the fucking match. <laughs> so, so it wasn't that bad. But let me tell you, if you guys were disappointed by that match, you need to watch more DDT. Go I don't DDT. disagree, but I mean, look, even TNA did it better with the with the, all the Hardy's final deletion saga. Well, I mean, come on. If Jeremy Borash... And a fucking yeah. eight millimeter camera can go out and make better segments than a fucking full on production arm like WWE. Give me a fucking break. It was overlit. It was just yeah. like the production was just wrong. It was the wrong there, thing. Not, not one person was growing watermelons inside of a room like the DDT apartment death match. And no one got hit with one. And then, uh, you know, Dan Shokudino, nowhere to be fucking found. Dan Shokudino. Got an announcement. I got a Dino announcement, you guys. Yeah, what's up with Dan Shoko Dino? Well, at the end of this month, it's been announced that there's going to be a special Fire Pro event for this new game with guest star professional wrestling's Dan Shoku Dino. This is in Japan, though. I was going to say, is that in the States? That'd be crazy. Does that mean I get to play it on my PlayStation? Finally. You'll get to to play it when it's fucking ready on your PlayStation. Buy a PC, Byron. Jesus Christ. That's the announcement that I'm waiting for. I'm not waiting for like someone somewhere else is having fun. Just build a PC. They cost like $20 these days. I'm going to basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to be on the Steam Early Access and then I'm going to give the worst suggestions possible and insist that they get made so that when you play the PlayStation version, the game's going to suck. That's what I'm going to do. All right. So look, let me let me uh, a couple of quick other things I want to hit about WWE. I love Alexa Bliss being the champ. I like this the the twenty five woman tag or whatever they did on Monday because those girls need to work together. That is the only solution at this point. Um, there's they're still kind of green, but I st- I love her as the champ. I think she's great. I think she's got the best mouthpiece to to be in that position to elevate that whole division. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Jinder Mahal, your favorite wrestler? I'm getting to him. I'm, I'm yeah. going to finish up on Raw because I know, and I'm sure Byron's got some thoughts on this too. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on it though, Byron. But yeah. I like Rollins, Finn, Miz, Dean, Smojo, Bray, all being in the IC hunt. Let Brock go away with the big belt for a little while. Make that belt this unattainable thing. Obviously, Braun and, and Roman 
are the ones that are going to be contending for for Brock's belt at some point in time. There's no other solution. You're, they're making those guys into huge monsters. One of them is going to have to fight the huger monster. It's not going to be any of these other guys. And if you look at the build of these guys, they are traditionally what the IC title represented. Those great top guys that are not, you know, that can't get Hogan to give up his belt. Yeah. And, but but the feuds are great. It's second to last on the pay-per-view and it's what you buy the pay-per-view for. Like I want to see these guys re-elevate that IC title back to the way I remember it from when I was a kid. Make the IC title great again. And I think they're going to do it and I think it's going to be prime time and I love everywhere they went with that. I liked the match that they that they all had at the end of the show. I thought it was everyone put in great work. And it mean it it meant something for a change. Like Raw is actually doing something between. I mean, those are great stars to be elevating. The girls, I think, have a chance to do something. We'll see what they can do in the tag division right now with the Cesaro, Sheamus, Hardys, all that stuff going on. Um, but SmackDown, with that all being said, is clearly back to being a B show. I don't care if you got AJ and Jericho and KO. Those guys are great, and they'll be the whole segment, but they are a B fucking show. At this point, I say, fuck it. Give Ginger Mahal Orton's belt. Let Orton take a break and put it on Ginger. Why not? The whole show's a fucking joke. That's my two well, well, the thing with SmackDown is that SmackDown was the B show at first too, then they just, they delivered a consistent product. They were just consistent with their characters. And eventually you're watching the show and you figure out who people are and what they're doing. And then you just kind of get into it. And then it became the better show because it made sense and you knew what was happening. And raw was just a whole, it was just a mess. And you see the same like match over and over again and it sucks. So they took a lot of the best. They took everyone except AJ Styles pretty much put them on raw. Well, they, yeah, they got Jericho over there for a little while, at least. Yeah, Jericho's great, but he's a supporting person. He's going to help get someone over over on um, on SmackDown. And they got Kevin Owens, which is great. But, basically, but dude, it's like watching NXT. I mean, the show yeah. is just a two-hour NXT now. But they're going to – this is an opportunity. I don't, I'm not saying they will or they won't, but this is an opportunity for them to rebuild. They had that women's division, which was NXT. They had Carmella, who didn't even prove herself in NXT. And now she's, now she's like a top star. She's yeah, but they're the whole fucking show right now. I mean, the, the whole Charlotte going face angle is all that show has. Like, are you interested in Braver or um, Orton versus Gender at the top I of am. the card? I'm interested in gender. I think that's a thing where gender had, there's nothing behind them, but I'm interested to see what they do because Casey, now they have that to, is, is there crack cocaine in that stuff that you told Byron he should take for his workouts? Little bit. It it's makes hot. you thinner. Yeah. It, it makes you lose weight. All right. Well, we but, can't stay on it too long. Um, okay. cause we got, uh, but I, I don't know. We're going to have to bring this debate back Byron, because I just don't see it. I think SmackDown is, is, hurting it's going to be in trouble for a long time all right face off casey we got two episodes to talk about and i oh, I, gotta dude, say, I don't even fucking remember the second to last one well well i'll i'll, I'll recap it real quick there's not a oh, whole yeah. lot to talk about but it was the gargoyle challenge oh yeah 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 okay um so they had to each do a gargoyle with wings and this is the semi-finals so they were down to uh four people at this point which was basically the two best teams, Tyler and Emily, as much as I don't want to call them one of the best teams, and Sig and George. Um, so the Gargoyle Challenge, Emily got this uh, Art Deco thing, and she did this gold bird gargoyle that I just I thought was, uh, she had trouble with her mold. The lines looked bad, but she tried to make that look like it was more roughed up metal. First of all, gold doesn't melt like that. Iron does. And if it was going to be gold, then it should have still been smoothed out. So I think her concept of saving it fails. And I'm very upset, especially at Hetrick as a judge for not noticing the properties of gold were not shown correctly in that product. So her save was full of shit. It was garbage. The properties of gold. Um, somehow she pulled it off, though, and they liked it. And they gave her the win, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's bullshit. Sig did this Russian Renaissance thing. No, totally wait, crazy. Sig won. Sig won. Because they liked his the best. He got the win, I think. No, I think she got the win because she got to go first with everything the next week. Oh, right? shit. That's right. Yeah. yeah. God damn it. He got robbed. Yeah, he got robbed. He did the Russian Renaissance thing with all these onion spires and all these colors. And like, I thought it was insane at first. 
Yeah, for um, those of you that aren't familiar with the architecture, he basically made the fucking cover of Tetris into a gargoyle. It was amazing. Yeah, it was it was like asymmetrical, but it still looked a little symmetrical and had all these bright colors and the wings were like this this check pattern. It looked like a uh, Mirko Krokop shorts or something. It was it was awesome. Um then George got deconstructivism, which was crazy because it's basically you know, this architecture that doesn't make any sense with curves coming out of yeah. buildings the wrong way and certain things higher than others and no triangulation. Um, yeah, if you guys look up the Disney stuff. concert hall in LA, that's what it looks like. Just totally uh, fucking weird and bizarre. Um, but so is George. So it works. Well, he was frustrated and rightfully so, but he somehow pulled it off. The one thing that he had wrong was like he got these two asymmetrical horns, but one of them was gold. And, you know, you're trying to imagine a gargoyle that would be sitting on top of one of these weird buildings and the gold horn didn't fit. I agree with the judges there that the gold horn would have made you think like that gargoyle does not belong even on this weird, crazy building. Um, but he pulled it out. And that means that Tyler, Tyler, who got Victorian, is your loser. Bye bye, Tyler. He did the same fucking scrunchy rock face, vegetable face that he has done 500 times, completely uninspired and really deserved to be the one kicked out and not yeah. George. His Look skills are better than George's. Look His nothing skills, like Victorian houses either. Like Nothing. Nothing Victorian about it, in my opinion. And, and not only that, but completely uninspired. Looked like everything he had done the whole season. And he is, don't get me wrong, he is better at this than George. But he did not deserve to go to that finale. The bad like news is, for the finale, they get to pick their own teams. So now, Emily can get Tyler back to basically save her ass. And yeah. Sig and George can't work together, even though they were a team the whole season, because they're both in the finale, which kind of fucks them and gives Emily a little bit of the upper hand going into the finale to me. I, okay, um, one thing that we have to do is I, I hung out with friend of the podcast, Zach, and he's a big fan of Emily, the worst villain. Oh, I'm about to tell you why she's the worst villain, too, because this last episode, she put her foot way in her fucking mouth for my taste. Oh, do it. It's funny. It's funny. I want to hear I want to hear your take on this. This motherfucker. <laughs> I have to start the story that way because that's the only way to start the story. <laughs> the, the final challenge. Let me set up this challenge. The final challenge is Kung Fu Beasts. They're going to do a real live action sequence with um, president of the Stunt Workers Association, Jeff uh, Wolf. And he's created this whole scene. So this makeup has to function in real Kung Fu stunts and wire stunts. So you can't have stuff that's all sticking out and blah, blah, blah. Um, so everyone selects their guys or whatever. Like George got an eagle and a snake. Uh, Emily chose a crane and a mantis. And Sig chose a tiger and a dragon. Goddamn um, good choice. Pick the yeah. tiger and the dragon. Yeah. And they're the stars of this whole thing, too. They're the ones with lines, which is, makes it his a little bit tougher because his faces have to perform lines. And he did have a little lip issue with the dragon at one point, but it looked pretty good on film. Um, this motherfucker, Emily, these two other guys are all stoked about it, like talking about, you know, the protector and Ombok and all these crazy kung fu movies. And Emily is just straight up like, I've never seen a kung fu movie. I've never seen a martial arts movie. Of any kind. How in the fuck are you in the movie industry when you haven't seen even one of an entire influential genre of film? Like, you, you don't have to like kung fu movies. You don't have to like them. But you got to watch one. You think a are motherfucker gonna... would at least see Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Man. At least. At least this is the most absurd thing ever. And people are like, oh, she's not the worst supervillain in all of reality show history. Yes, she is. She's a horrible, horrible person. Yeah, horrible and you person. know what? Byron's really quiet right now because he's never seen a kung fu movie either. Byron, what's your favorite kung fu movie? I like though I like the one that I saw in El Rey that was about three um handicapped guys who battled together <laughs> to Avengers. over. The crippled yeah. Avengers where they overcame like the evil emperor who made fun of them for being blind and not having working legs. Yeah. If you like crippled Avengers, you should watch heroic trio. If I've you seen, like crippled I've Avengers, stuff, just you should watch crippled great. masters, which has real handicapped people instead of people <laughs> pretending to be handicapped. It's very so exploitive nice. and fucked up. Um, but um, my favorite, thanks for asking Justin, Justin, five deadly venoms. Of course, fucking love that movie. Nice. I, don't, I honestly don't know if I could pick a favorite. 
I mean, oh, come on. I like Ninja Terminator. That was pretty cool. That doesn't count as a kung fu movie. I mean, it might, but see, we're talking kung fu or just martial arts movie in general. Because you yeah. know, I love Ninja Three: The Domination, right? Yeah, I know, I know. I got that <laughs> shit on Blu-ray. <laughs> that is what like about? my all-time favorite. Plus, I'm a big Bruce Lee fan, and some and, and Jackie Chan fan too. I mean, I I I couldn't even name my favorite Jackie Chan movie though. Oh, what shit. about all those John Claude Van Damme movies where he has to fight someone to avenge his friend? Uh, I mean, I was a big fan of Bloodsport growing up, but in retrospect, it's not the best. No, the, the best Van Damme movie is Hard Target. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> um, so anyway, Emily did not win, um, did not deserve to. Like her crane thing with the pulled back hair bun, I fucking hated that. I thought it was horrible. Yeah. Who oh, won, Justin? Who won? Well, it wasn't George. George, uh, he did the eagle and snake thing, and the color pops around the snake's eyes were really good. But I thought his eagle was a little uninspired. I didn't think it was that creative. Um, Sig. Sig Neutron. Tiger and Dragon. Tiger was so fucking sweet. The beard looked so good coming out of that guy's face, and he had these weird, like, really, it looked like an old man had gotten crossed with a tiger. It looked like, you know, Jeff Goldblum in the fly or something. It was amazing. It was like just this perfect hybrid of two things. Um, the dragon was a bit on the nose for my taste, but really, really well executed. Like it was exactly what you'd expect that character to be. So I didn't think the imagination was all that great in it, but the execution of it was perfect. It performed well in all the stunts. Um, so Sig is your face-off All-Stars winner and deservingly so... Because the only other person who won as many challenges was Emily. And if she had won, I would have never watched this program again in my life. And, you know, I like Sig. If you ever see him at a con, talk to him. He's like the coolest fucking guy. He's got an awesome art book that he's selling. What's the clock at, Case? Uh, we have seven minutes. I can do it. I heard okay. we have five minutes. Nate what? Diaz refuses to be Tony Ferguson's B-side. I love it. Um, if you haven't watched it, go and watch Ariel Hawani's special MMA hour with just Nate Diaz that came out, I think, Wednesday instead of the Monday show. Like, they did the full Monday show. Um, Anderson Silva has some beef because he can't seem to get a fight anymore and is threatening to retire, and Dana White is basically telling him, go on and retire. I think they're trying to call each other's bluffs. But, um, yeah, Nate Diaz just came out with this interview and was basically like, look, Connor and Tony have the same manager. Of course they want me to fight Tony because if those two are going to fight, they have to elevate it and make a star out of Tony first because Tony's nobody. But, you know, Tony's trying to make Nate Diaz his B-side, and that's just – and Nate's like, fuck you guys. not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Pay me. I'm the A-side. Tony can be the B-side, you know, and, and Tony's got to light a fire under Diaz's ass to, to take the fight. Like, he wants Tony to get out there, talk some shit, and get him fired up or fuck off. Like, if Tony makes the fight interesting, basically, Nate's acting like he's already the interim champ or the champ. He's basically saying, if you want me to come down off of my mountain, if you want me to come down off of my throne, I got money. I'm sitting around. I'm happy. I'm good. You have to piss me off. If you're not going to piss me off, no fight. Or you're not going to pay me 20 mil, no fight. So he pretty much put the ball back in Tony's court to drum up some business. And, and But this is also Nate's version of drumming up the business himself. Amazing. Hey, Love and it's guy. also it also shows the value of having fuck you money. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, and it's not even that big fuck you money, but that also shows you that Nate Diaz isn't trying to live some ridiculous, extravagant lifestyle. No, no. He's just now comfortable with his current lifestyle. Like, he can afford where he was before. He's not trying to do crazy shit with his money, except buy a boat. Yeah, um, but sometimes people want boats. They don't realize that it's a huge money pit and the worst decision you can ever make in your life. But, you true. know. True. Uh, Jermaine Durandamy is MIA, won't fight Cyborg. I think Megan Anderson is the only person that won't fight Cyborg that was willing to. Nobody wants to fight for this 145 belt that they just made. But it looks like the UFC is going to finally make a women's, uh, what is it, featherweight or whatever, or the, the one the 125 belt. The, is it strawweight or featherweight? Strawweight, strawweight. Yeah, 25, right? Is that right? Yeah. It's Adam Waite is like 105. Anyway. The women are probably going to get a chance. It looks like it's going to be on another season of Tough. By the way, this season of Tough is actually pretty good if no one's watching it. Um, Thug Rose, we haven't talked about since she beat Karate Hottie. I really wanted to see Michelle win, but I'm very, very happy that Thug Rose won. Um, so, And we'll talk about that in a second because let me get to the preview of UFC 211, which is next weekend. 
Stipe, Stipe versus JDS. Huge fight. Cleveland proud. I, I need Stipe to win this fight, but let's face it. Both of these guys are phenomenal boxers. I think for Stipe to box JDS is a mistake. I want to see him wrestle. I want to see him actually try to take JDS down. I want to see a ground and pound victory. Um, I think Stipe gets it done in the third round with a ground and pound TKO. That may be wishful thinking. Don't bet money based on this. I'm from Cleveland. Stipe's from Cleveland. Don't take my pick. Casey, you got a pick? Um, <laughs> sorry, Justin. Uh, but I, this might be a hard fight for Stipe. I, I don't know, man. I say he loses in round two. Uh, that's my that's my guess. So JDS in t- round two knockout. Knockout stops him. Byron, any opinion? I think a TKO in the seventh round. Great. Um, yeah. So jo- Joanna Janjacek versus Jessica Andraj. Um, I think JJ is going to outbox her, stay at range, uh, and win the fight. I think it could be as close as a split decision. Uh, but if Andraj gets JJ to the ground, it could be uh, it could be fits for JJ, and it could be a long, long night. I think it's going to be a closer fight than most people think, and I think it's actually going to be kind of boring for the average fan. I don't think this is a great Styles matchup for an exciting fight. Now, when Thug Rose gets there, if it's Thug oh, Rose versus JJ, that's going to be a barn burner. That's going to be a great fight. If it's Thug Rose versus Andraj, however, I think Andraj actually beats Thug Rose. Hmm. But I don't think Andraj beats JJ. And Thug Rose versus JJ is a little bit of a toss-up to me. Um, yeah. But for now, I'm going to take JJ in this fight by decision. What do you got, Case? I got the same thing. Like, uh, I don't think she's going to stop her during the fight, so I think it's going to go to a decision, but I think she's going to win. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Number three, Damian Maya versus number five, George Masvidal. Um, uh. I'm going to take Maya... This could be the fight of the night, or this could be really dull. I don't know. Yeah, because Maya's in it. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's either yeah. really, really exciting, or he just grinds you out to the point where you're embarrassed. Um, yeah. Let's see. What else we got on that one? So you're taking Maya, too, on that one? Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be good. Yeah, I don't either. Frankie Edgar versus Yair Rodriguez. I'm taking Yair, and I think he retires Frankie Edgar. I think he's, uh, I think the game. I think he embarrassingly retires Frankie Edgar actually by by murder. Yeah, I'm a believer after the BJ fight. Um, not that BJ was all that great, but I think that that Rodriguez is going to bring something that Frankie's just not ready for. And Frankie's had some pretty big ups and downs in the past few years, and I don't know that 45 is really looking that good on him. Um, so we'll we'll see. But I I think that Yair takes this fight, and I think that Frankie. Uh, if he doesn't step away, is maybe only a couple of fights away from stepping away. He he, this is not the level of talent he should be facing. Uh, um, Henry Cejudo versus Sergio Pettis. I actually believe Sergio Pettis might win that fight. I think that Henry Cejudo's ga- head is not in the game. I think that he feels like he's never going to be able to beat Mighty Mouse, and he's never going to get to the top. So what's the point? I think that uh, I think that his whole head is just not in it right now. So I think that Sergio. Surprisingly, because you know I'm not a huge fan of Duke Rufus's camp, I think that Sergio may have his head more in the game and may actually pull out a victory based purely on heart. A win for the selfie kid. Yeah. What do you think? You still got Cejudo on that, or? Uh, I think I think Pettis will win because he takes selfies in front of burning cars. So oh, that was funny. He just put his brother on blast. And then finally, the uh. Uh, the prelim headliner is Dustin Poirier versus Eddie Alvarez, which to me could headline an event. That's a great, great fight. That might be the fight of the night that night. Um, And that's a tough call. You know, Eddie wants his win back after being humiliated by Connor. But Dustin, who was humiliated by Connor, what, two and a half years ago, has already come back from that humiliation and I think is more determined. I think that Dustin is going to win this fight. Um, Third round TKO, going to get it done kind of at the last minute after a grueling battle and that's just purely based on the fact that i think he's over his loss to connor and being humiliated and i don't think that eddie is yet yeah i'm not picking eddie again because i picked him in the connor fight so it's not happening eddie's good though i don't take anything away from eddie it's really about if his mindset is there like you've seen what's happened to weidman you see what happens to a couple of these guys once the mind kind of slips 
It's mm-hmm. really hard to get back on track. And even Poirier had that problem for a little while. Like he just, his head just wasn't in the game, but now it is. So it's going to be a tough one. All right. You guys got anything to add? That's it for me. We went over. We went over. We're in overtime. I'm going to super kick Byron and fucking roll him up real fast. It's not my fault. You guys talk about makeup for so long. <laughs> I'm sorry you need it so much. And we're trying to give you tips, honey. Go Ducks. Go Ducks. Go okay. Ducks. Watch the play. It's all about go Cavs. Cavs are rolling through the NBA playoffs like there's not even competition there. The I want to say, I want to say, go, go, Willie Rottens, Rottens on the wacky races. Oilers is not even a real hockey team. Carter McDavid can suck a dick. Go Ducks. <sighs> Hockey's not even a real sport, eh? It's the best sport. Oh, the Bros. NBA playoffs, man. Hey, how come? Uh, how come your masks are hey. Kings colors, Byron? Hey, Kings it's fan? Black, black and gold. That's what the Ducks wear, you son of a bitch. Get nah, your there's ice. a lot of white there. There's a lot of white there. This is fucking gold. Why don't you stop wearing sunglasses inside? It's bright. You can see how bright it is from his window. It's anyway, look, thanks for joining us. Sorry we were away so long, guys. We'll try not to be away as long the next time, but I work like 95 hours a week on this gig I'm on right now. I'm producing a new... Uh, show new car show for discovery channel that'll be on probably in september so i'll tell you guys more about that as it gets closer but building cars takes a lot of time it's a little bit harder than building houses apparently because byron seems to have more free time than i do but, i'm just really good at my job yeah I'm, I'm not half bad at mine either but i think my job is just harder and casey's always been working his butt off he's always yeah. had a shoot job that he works like 50 hours a week or something yeah it's been 50 lately That's- hey you want to see my impersonation of casey had a shoot job Oh, stop it. Anyway, so that's it for us, for Lucha Gringo, for Byron Turk. I am the Outlaw LA Red. And until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. You son of a bitch.